0: In my travels and in speaking with people, there, there seems to be so many of us, so many of us Christians who are just oblivious of, of Holy Spirit, oblivious of the workings of God, and that we're not mindful, we're not paying attention to what is going on around us uh, spiritually. That impact our lives directly. I mean, it's great for us to know what's going on around us in the world, but more importantly, how is what God has to say to us? How is that, how is that impacting us and are we hearing it? And as a result, so many Christians' eyes are closed. They're closed to spiritual realities. And so today we're going to talk about opening our eyes and and asking the Lord, Lord, remove my blindness. Lord, remove my blindness, you know. And we can see things that are going on and walk around and exist in this world, but then, like I said, be totally oblivious to what Holy Spirit and what God is telling us. And many times when we have an issue, when we have a challenge that's happening in our lives, we forget that there is an unseen reality out there that God has a heavenly host of angels encamped around about us. And simply because we don't see them, and we don't see Jesus, we don't see God, we don't see Holy Spirit, it does not mean that they are not there working on our behalf, you know, and many times when things are going on in our lives, we feel like we're alone. We feel like no one has ever had this situation in life before. No one has never had this issue. You know, Lord God, they're coming against me. You know, who's out there to really help me, you see? And because we don't physically see what's going on around us, we don't see what's happening in the spiritual realm, we forget that the spiritual realm actually exists, okay? And this is not something, obviously, that uh, we can discuss or talk about based on my opinion and my, my words. We have to always refer to the Word of God. And the fact of whether or not it's possible for eyes to be spiritually closed. Okay. I mean again, physical eyes can be open, but our spiritual eyes can be closed so that we're not aware of what's going on around us. So with that, let's turn to the book of Luke. Turn to the book of Luke. And we're going to dissect this step by step, Luke twenty four. 24, and we're going to start with verse 13, and this was after the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, Luke 24, verse number 13, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding. Please underline that. But their eyes were holding. In other words their eyes were closed. But their eyes were closed that they should not know him. Now obviously that's not talking about their physical eyes because it said that they were walking. So obviously the word here is talking about something else. Scripture is talking about something else. But their eyes were holding or closed that they should not know him. And he said unto them what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad. Alright now so again here they're walking and they're talking to each other so obviously their eyes their physical eyes are open and one of them and the one of them whose name was cleopas answering said unto him art thou only a stranger in jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days and he said unto them what things and they said unto him concerning jesus of nazareth which was a prophet uh, which was a uh, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word be, and word Before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the condemned to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that he had known which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and found it even so as the women had said, but they saw him not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat, and, uh, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. Please underline in verse 31. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up at the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and then uh, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. So here now we see that at some point in time, Their eyes were open and they knew him. Up front and starting out, they said that they did not recognize who he was, even though he was standing right there in front of him. So something must have taken place that made their, their eyes be open to all of a sudden recognize him. And this is the spiritual reality that I'm talking about. There are many times in our lives as Christians that we have things happening around us, with us. Based on things that we're praying for and hoping for. And we don't understand and don't see what's really happening. Okay? Um, God can be talking to you about something. Holy Spirit can be talking to you about something. But being that your spiritual eyes are closed, you're not understanding what is right before you. You don't even see what is going on in your life. There are all sorts of signs that are there, but you're not recognizing what those signs might be. So there is then something that can happen to us as Christians that will leave us... um, Ignorant of the facts, so to speak, ignorant of what's going on. And then something that can take place to open our spiritual eyes. All right. We see this also happening uh in Old Testament. Go to Second Kings. Second Kings verse number six. Second Kings verse number six. Then the king of Syria uh, warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, "In such and such a place shall be my camp." And the man of God sent unto the King of Israel, saying, "Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down." And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him, warned him of, and saved himself there, um, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, said None. Uh, and he said, None, my, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet, that is Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we do? So please in the line that, Alas, my master, how shall we do? So now this is the situation that is coming upon him. And the first thing he does, he does is he lets fear come in. He starts worrying, Oh gosh, how are we going to fare? How are we going to make out? And again, here in the 21st century, how does that apply to us? We have a situation coming up in our lives where it seems like all of the odds are stacked against us. And the first thing that goes through your mind is, gee whiz, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive this situation? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to get this man or this woman out of my life? Oh, gee whiz, he's coming. In. This person is driving me nuts. I'm going crazy. This is going. How am I going to manage this? You know? And instead of us really, really understanding and trusting God, we allow fear to come in. Because again, we don't see and we don't know what's going on round about us. You know? One of the biggest things that I can say to you is that as a child of God, you've really, 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 really got to understand and believe and know deep in your gut That you're not alone. You are not alone. In whatever is going on in your life, you're not alone. Whatever the situation is that may be challenging you, be it involving people, places, things, or whatever it might be, you are not alone. You're never alone, okay? Now, we can go to church, we can read the Bible, we can be tithing regularly, we can be praying, okay? But that deep, basic knowledge, deep in your spirit, that you're not alone often evades us as Christians. Sometimes we just simply forget about it. We forget that we're not alone. All right? And this is a spiritual, a spiritual reality. You know? You can, be, you can be, quote unquote, alone physically in a strange hotel. You can be in a strange location, some place where you're camping, or where you're camping out, or in a a physical building, and you hear noises and things going on. And instead of being fearful of what those sounds might be, remember that you are not alone. You're not alone, that God is with you, all right? So getting back to the Scriptures here, instead of letting this fear verse in, uh, verse number 16 goes on to say, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Okay, underline that, please. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Okay, that means that God is with you. And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see." Underline, please. Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eye, opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Okay? So what he did was he opened his eyes to a spiritual reality. They were not alone. There was a heavenly host of angels that was encamped round about them. But he could not see them. You see? Now, this is where, you know, people say, oh, boy, here he's he's talking that, that spooky Twilight Zone stuff. And he's talking about angels and spiritual stuff. Well, I'm telling you. Until you really understand the word of God, if you cannot believe that there are angels, that there is, a, there is an invisible reality of God's kingdom that is round about you, then it is hard for you to be victorious as a Christian because you will always think that that's a bunch of nonsense, it doesn't exist, it isn't true, and so on. Jesus spoke of it. God, obviously, is speaking of it. It's in his word. And if you believe that God is God and Jesus is who he says he is, that means that you have to believe what the word of God is saying. Okay? So again, we see another case where it was it was, was where someone's eyes were open to the spiritual realities that are round about him. And this is also called discernment. One of the things that you should pray for as a Christian is indeed discernment, where you're asking God here to open your eyes, that you may be able to discern the realities that are going on around you. Although we walk by faith and not by sight, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, sometimes God will choose to let us see something supernatural to bolster our faith, or just to get our attention when we're going astray. You know, you see, you know, we don't see what is happening in the spiritual realm. And this is something, again, many people forget. But there's a, there's a battle, if you will, that is going on around us for our very souls. There's the enemy that would love to see you, um, uh, uh, um, oh, how can I say, lose confidence in the word of God and think that you're out there by yourself. That's one of the biggest attacks that he puts on, on us Christians. Amen. But you are not alone. And sometimes God will indeed open your eyes. I don't know how many people have been in really deep prayer and have heard the sounds of angels' wings rustlings in the room. I see some of you nodding your heads, and so that means that you, you certainly have been there. And this is nothing that is out of the ordinary for people who are deeply immersed in praying to God or deeply immersed in the Word of God. Okay, You see, we have to get to the place in our Christian walk where we, where we stop playing church where we stop playing church, where you can really, really get down to worshiping God and what the Word of God says literally about His kingdom and about how He wants you to survive, how He wants you to be victorious, okay? And you can't be victorious in this Christian walk living by man's standards. You cannot live this Christian walk victoriously by living by the standards and the beliefs and the talkings, the speakings of those that are unsaved or those who are borderline believers, okay? All right? They're there are even, and, and I kind of say this cautiously, but there are even two types of believers, okay? There are those believers who believe that Jesus is Lord, and they're born again, and they're saved, and so forth like that, and they are indeed saved, and because of the fact what the Word of God says, that if you're saved and you know Jesus, you know that you're going to go to heaven, and so forth, and you're repenting of your sins, and so on like that, but they're not living victorious lives, because they're they're, they're these Christians that live in the safe, quote-unquote, religious space. Okay, they're not living in that space that is almost daring enough to take God literally at his word. Okay, and that makes a difference between living a basic, minimal, good Christian life and living a dynamite, victorious life. Where things that are, that when they come against you, and they will... Because Jesus said that when you have tribulations, he didn't say if. He said when you have tribulations, he says, but I'm greater, I've overcome the world. Which means that we as Christians, unlike that person that is unsaved, we have an answer. Okay when things go wrong in your life you have an answer you have someone to turn to okay unlike the even the borderline christian who may who may, may 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 understand the word of god and believe that god is god and believe that jesus is who he says he is and that holy spirit exists they believe in the trinity and everything but when it comes down to really 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 getting into the deep supernatural things of god and availing themselves of the real power of god that is in that is in our lives as Christians and if you really believe his word, okay, it can make a difference between you being a victorious Christian or the Christian who is walking through life in constant tears and constant things popping up and down and you you fall, you fold, you know, you want to stay in bed and pull the covers off your head instead of getting up and just saying I am not going to stand for this in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. The Lord has not given me a spirit of fear but of power, love and a sound mind and you get down and you say Lord, please encamp your ministering angels." around about me okay God's angels were created to minister to us they're there or I shouldn't say they were, they were created um, they, were, they were created but their assignment is since when the humans came on board so to speak on the scene that their assignment is to minister to us amen so they're there for us okay and as Elijah told Elisha Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what's going on around you. If God chose to open your eyes right now, the, the host of angels that are here in this sanctuary uh, uh, would probably just astonish us as we were to see what was going on. You see? But so many Christians don't believe that. So many don't believe that. So many will stick back and just kind of ho-hum, 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 ho-hum. And then they've got so many problems going on in their lives. But I dare you, I dare you, if you've got a problem going in your life there's something that you're wrestling with, I dare you today to take God at His word. Take Him at His word. Don't stand by what I'm saying. If you're, that's why we in this ministry, we read the Bible so you can see what God is saying, not what I'm saying. But I dare you today to try what the word of God is saying. Amen? Don't let these things that are coming up in your life best you. Don't let them take advantage of you and get you to the point where you feel like you are, uh, you you know, you're unable to survive or you won't be victorious. Okay? Alright? God will open our eyes. Okay? We'll see by some scriptures here, we're going to read in a bit here, you know, that sometimes God will open our eyes to something because he's been trying to open our eyes and he's been telling us something and we've been refusing to see it. Okay? God will put things in front of us. He'll put things in front of us for us to see, Lord, we say, open my eyes, give me a sign. And you'll put the signs and open your eyes to see something, but you still insist on doing it the way you want to go anyway. Okay? And then God will intervene. Alright? Or well, sometimes, I mean, God is God. I'm not going to speak to him, but God will, really, or God can intervene, but God can also say, okay, let him, let her go as far as I'm going to, I'm going to protect her, am going to protect her, but let her go as far, and then she'll see, he'll see. Amen? But you've got to get to the point where you stop this religious playing church. Alright? All right. Jesus, Jesus' whole purpose for coming. Don't forget the time and the day and the age that it was. The religious establishment of that time were religious. They were religious, the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus stood right there in their midst and they did not even know him. Right there in their midst. Jesus' message was to upset all of that religiosity. Okay? The Apostle Paul, when he was in Antioch, he was the first one to coin the term Christian, meaning a follower of Christ. So, therefore, we are not religious, we are Christians, we are followers of Christ. And there's a big difference. If you're a follower of Christ and you really, really subscribe to the word of God and you take it seriously, your life can be victorious. Will it be absent tribulations? No, it won't. You'll have challenges in life, but you have a way of coming out of those challenges. But you've got to throw that religious stuff out the window. Amen, amen. So Elijah prayed, Father, God, open his eyes that he may see. And he saw what was around them to protect them, which would, which would overtake the Syrian army. We go on and, and, we, and we see it and we say it and that um, when God opens our eyes, it may be in the form of a prophetic dream. When you're praying and asking God to open your eyes, it may be in the form of a prophetic dream. It could be a vision. Or just a strong knowing and understanding of something in your life, okay? It could be a dream, it could be a vision, it could be just a strong knowing, alright? Now, now, that strong knowing, I, it's hard to even put into words, but when you're doing what God wants you to do, there's a strong knowing deep in your spirit. Because Holy Spirit is going to be witnessing to your spirit. This is it. This is the deal. Okay? When it's something that you shouldn't be doing or somewhere that you shouldn't be going, there will also be that knowing. And this is a way where God is opening your eyes that you may see. Because everyone else could be saying, Cross the street, cross the street at the corner of 5th of, of and Main. Everyone else could be saying that. Yes, still God has opened your eyes to something. To tell you, do not cross the street at 5th and Main. Okay? Yes, so many times we as Christians, especially living in this day and age with so much political correctness and all this other stuff going on, that we want to follow along with the crowd and do what they want us to do and cross at 5th and Main. However, Holy Spirit is telling you inside, and there's a knowing, and God has opened your eyes to something that they may not see. And you say, no, I'm not going to cross at 5th and Main. I'm going to cross over here. I'm going to cross right here. And there's a strong knowing. This strong knowing. By those who are going to 5th and Main, they'll be t- are you crazy? All of the signs are here. This is where you need to go. But you've got this deep spiritual reaction. Now, on that wall, when Elijah prayed for Elijah's eyes to be opened and he saw what was really there, I say to you, no one else saw what Elijah saw. He was the only one that saw that there was a heavenly host of fiery chariots of angels that were there to protect them. So therefore, the rest of the people on that wall would have, were probably still in fear, just like Elisha, and would have said, oh my gosh, they're going to kill us, they're going to kill us. But Elisha saw the truth, you see? So what does that get us to? It gets us to another place in our lives. That what do we do when all those that are around you are trying to, to, to pressure you into doing something, or to going someplace, to, to do something that you know Holy Spirit is telling you not to do? See? Because our eyes are spiritually closed, or you're letting your eyes be spiritually closed, you see? So again, this gets down to how much of a victorious life are you living? You see? Are you willing to, to stand up against what man is telling you? Or the thoughts and the ideas and the ways and the direction that man is going? Or are you going to really, really come to the, to the, to to the, to the deep spiritual reality that there is another spiritual existence out there in God's kingdom? And God so loves me that He has chosen me, which He has. God knew you before the foundations of time and earth. He knew what His plans were for you. All right? We all have, have a choice to follow God or not. We all have a choice to hear his word. We all have a choice to, to go by, with well, gee whiz, I happen to be placed here and now for a reason that God wants me to hear or to witness or to experience something. God knows, God knows, God knows. He places you there for a reason. But we have that choice to either follow it or hear it or simply poo-poo it. Alright? And this is what makes the difference between a victorious Christian or one that is just driven by the wind. Driven by the wind. Wherever the wind blows, so you go. Amen? So God will give us these insights. And and, and you can ask God for a sign. You know, and there's nothing supernatural. I mean, there's there's nothing um, supernatural in terms of... It is... God's kingdom is supernatural, meaning that the word supernatural means super outside of the natural, outside of the day-to-day world. But there's nothing like Ouija board stuff that's going on in here. This is simply going with the word of God and what it says. There is nothing wrong with, with, with us crying out to God to open our eyes when you sense that you aren't seeing what he really wants you to see. Okay? I mean, there have been times, I mean, I'm I'm no different than anyone else just because I'm a preacher. But there have been times that I've been praying for something and wanting something to happen, and, and, and all of a sudden I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and I'll say all of a sudden, you see, but maybe the difference is that my years of experience in working with God and knowing and coming to understand better how He functions is that when I'm missing that knowing, then I will say, Lord... Am I missing something? Am I missing something? Because I still don't have that peace. Everything else adds up. Okay? Everything else adds up. You know? Applying for a job. <laughs> More money. Better position. Da da da. All of the perks. But something still is just not right. Okay? Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Okay? And that's when you'll do it. That's going to we'll do it. Because when you are down to that uh, to that 11th hour, when when your back is so against the wall, and God knows that deep down in here, you really, 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 really want to do what he wants you to do. And everything else is a check mark. Everything feels, see, is go, go, go. Okay? The reasons for crossing at 5th and Main Street look good why you should be doing that. But there's still something inside you that says, don't cross over there. That's when you need to cry out for God and say, God, am I missing something? Open my eyes that I may see. Alright, now, why does that work? The biggest reason is that at that point, God is watching and evaluating everything that you do. God looks at our heart, you've heard me say a million times He looks at our intentions, our thoughts Man evaluates the outer thing Man evaluates what you do, your act. God looks at the intentions of the heart, okay? So while God knows that you want to do what, what, you, what, what He wants you to do, okay? You might not be still totally reliant on Him Okay? You might not be totally reliant on Him. Okay? And, and, and that's what this is all about. This is what victorious Christian living is all about. Us being totally reliant on God. 100%. Not saying I'll do 99.5, but 100%. So when you see all the check marks on that list, you know, you do the pro and the con list, and all of the pros make sense, and there's no cons left, but something inside still doesn't feel right. You cry out, Lord, is there something that I'm missing? Open my eyes that I may see. Then God knows. Then God knows. You've shown him. Now he, now she is to the point where she is totally relying on what I want her to do, or what I want him to do. Okay? Regardless of everyone trying to cross at 5th and Main, God is now, he she is now saying, he is now saying, Lord, what shall I do? Okay? Everything else adds up. But what else should I do? Okay? Alright? And the reason why it's so beautiful for us to get to that point in our lives, because while everything else may be evident that 5th Street and Main is the place to be crossing, everything checks off, Not one individual, not one individual crossing over there knows what is in the future. Not one. Not one. Not one knows that the minute they get over there, the earth may open up. There's going to be a tsunami. Not one knows what disaster may be waiting when they decide to go that way. You see? But God does. So very possibly with you resisting the crowd, resisting to go along with what they want you to do, And when everything else in life may be looking like may be the good thing to do, God knows what's in the future. God knows. And this might not be His plan for you. Okay? So you've got to have your spiritual eyes open. You've got to at some point cry out, Lord, I just don't feel it. Okay? And the only way that I can make that known to you in terms of everyday experience, you know, the Word of God says, Who better knows the spirit of God than God? Who knows the spirit of man but the man? In other words, no one here or any of your friends or family know you as well as you. No one. Okay? You can have someone very close to you, but they're still, they don't know everything, every thought, everything that's in your mind. Okay? And so I can speak this event because I know because it happened with me. And many of you know it. Making that move 3,000 miles to Oregon. Radical change from living in New York. Radical change. And you know, you all, you all know the story. But at the time, when the time came, going down the checklist, when there were so many challenges to just uproot and bring the family here, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. There was a knowing deep in my spirit. Okay? And all of the checklists, by the way, didn't add up. I didn't have answers to all the questions. Okay? But I knew there was a knowing in my spirit. Okay, and then by trusting and just stepping out and doing It's like, you know, it's like you see in those movies Where someone steps out into, the, crossing a big uh, open space a, a, a cliff or something, steps out All of a sudden there's a walkway there A walkway there, just appears Okay, that's kind of like what it was Okay, Lord, I know this is you I know this is you So therefore I'm going to do this And every step I took, there was a support rock underneath my foot Okay, so I know, I know But that knowing is a perfect peace. You may not have all of the things answered. You may have all of the check boxes there. But if you know that God is telling you to do this, it is a peace that passes all understanding. That's all I can tell you. All right. But your eyes have to be spiritually open. Okay? And the open spiritual eyes were, 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 okay, Lord, send me signs, give me things to say. Where A total stranger sat down on, in a, on the train next to me, you know, started talking about the same scripture Holy Spirit had given me. Someone on television on TV, too, as a matter of fact, on TV. Started quoting the same scriptures that Holy Spirit had given to me. Amen. Amen. So open my eyes that I can see. Lord, give me discernment. Give me that quiet knowing. Amen. And then once you have that knowing, okay, don't go back to God and try and talk Him out of it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Don't go back to God and try to talk Him out of it, okay? Because God may let you go for a bit, all right? And a good example is that of that. Let's go to Numbers. Book of Numbers. Go to Book of Numbers, uh, twenty-two. You know, it's just, it's just amazing that God's word put together by Holy Spirit through man uh, just is so spot on for everything that happens in our lives. These are the last bit of scriptures here, but we're going to read through so we can unpack exactly what's happening here. Okay, chapter 22, verse number 1. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company, Israel, Lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers, messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pithor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people, meaning Israel, come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and to whom he, thou cursed is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the, and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me, and the princes of Moab abode with So In other words, he said, let me go and talk to God. See what God says to me. Verse 9. And God came to Balaam uh, and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, have sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them. Peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. So he wants him to curse Israel so that he'll win. And God said to Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Please in the line, God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Okay? This is what I was talking about before, where God will tell you possibly to do something. All right. In other words, they want him to do something, crossing at 5th and Main. He goes to God, what shall I do? God says, don't do that. Okay? God says, don't do that. All right? All right, see, see, this king wants him to curse Israel because he figures that if Israel gets cursed, Israel won't win and beat him out. So he wants this man, he wants him to go and, and, and curse them so that, that uh, he'll win. So he goes to God and God says, don't do that. Thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. Thirteen. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. Please know the line. For the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak said yet again, princes more, and more honorable than they so in other words, he came people, you know, sent more people with higher authority. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder you from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto every great honor, and I will do whatever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people. Okay? So now he's putting on the pressure. He says, If you do what I want you to do, I'll promote you, man. I will give you anything that you want, all right? So this person now that's trying to get you to do what you want to do or what they want you to do or whatever the situation is where God told you to stay away from that thing, all of a sudden an opportunity or someone, something comes your way that tries to tempt you into still doing what God has told you not to do, okay, all right? And you think this doesn't happen, you search and you stop and you think back things that have happened in your life where you haven't had people pop in and try to stop you from doing what God would have you to do. Amen? Amen? Verse 18. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Alright? So he's sticking to his guns. I won't do what God won't, won't, doesn't want me to do. Now therefore, I pray you, tarry you also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. So now he decides to so However, because of this temptation of these riches, I'm going to go back to God and ask him again. All right? So this is like where God is telling you don't do something or to do something. All right? And then you, you, you because now all of a sudden there's temptation, you still want to do this thing. You go back to God a second time and you say, well, let me go back and see if I can change God's mind. All, right? all right? Say, say more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt thou do. So now he's giving him a choice. He's saying, All right, if they come to you, yeah, all right. If you want, go with them. But what I said to you, that's what I want you to do. Amen? So in our lives again, when we're something that we're searching for, something that we're hoping for, something that we're trying to pray for, and there's an opportunity to do what God wants you to do, but yet still you insist on doing what you want to do because there's something else going on, something more attractive, all right? Is it possible that God might even say to you, okay, you know what I told you to do. However, do what you're going to do, in other words. All right, basically, that's kind of what he's saying there. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. So, again, just pause me for a moment. So, in other words, he said here, okay, I'm going to go. He knew what God told him to do or not to do, but yet still he says, I'm going to go. And God was, of course, angry. Now, one might say, one not knowing God and not being a student of the Bible and not knowing what God is all about and who we are, we are all creatures of free will. All right? God will clearly tell you what you need to do or what you shouldn't do. But because we're creatures of free will, God will not violate that will. All right. God will make known to us what his will for us is. But it's still, it's our choice to do what God has called us to do, or what God, God wants us to do. Amen? Okay, so this is at the end of 22. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way of his sword, drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way, and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. And the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards A wall being on this side and a wall on that side And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord She thrust herself unto the wall And crushed Balaam's foot against the wall And he smote her again an angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. There was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. Okay, now, what's happening here in the spiritual realm? This angel is there preventing Balaam doing, from doing uh, what Balaam is about to do. How does that translate again into our lives? You know, we can insist on doing whatever it is that we want to do against God's will, all right? God in the spiritual realm can do things to block that, all right? But how many times do we as human beings still persist in doing what we want to do and we keep on pushing? Keep on pushing? We never see in the spiritual realm into what what blocks God may be putting there for us because we are so heck bent on doing what it is that we want to do. Amen? God could be giving us signs. God could be having their angels there in front of us to prevent us from carrying out what it is we're trying to do. But we as human beings, because we have free will, we still insist on doing that which we want to do. So here he kept pushing, he kept pushing the, 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 uh, the donkey the ass for the angel, but Balaam didn't. Balaam didn't, alright? Verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there, um, I, I would, there were a sword in my hand, for now I, I would I kill thee? Now he's saying, If I had a sword, I'd kill you. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Open uh, underline, please. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and it fell flat on his face. Okay. So to get back again to what we've been talking about, opening your eyes and your eyes being spiritually closed. All right. There may be something that you want to do, something you want to undertake, someone that's giving you a hard time, something that's happening in your life. Okay, And God may say to you, this is what I want you to do. And if you persist on doing it, God will put roadblocks there. God will put things there. But if your eyes are not spiritually open, you will not see them. You will not see them. All right. So how does that help us today? Then that helps me that if I am praying for something, if there is something that I want to do, and, and, and I feel like this is the right thing to do, but yet still, I, I, just, can't seem, I just can't seem to make it. The ass I'm riding on just can't seem to go forward. There's something that's blocking it. And that blocking might be in terms of that you not having that knowing. Then there's a blockage there. All right? God, there could be something in the supernatural where God is put there so that this thing will not happen for you at this particular time or whatever the situation might be. Amen? But your eyes need to be spiritually open to understand that. Okay? I mean, you know, if if, if I decide I'm going to walk from here to that wall and I can't get any further than this point, I keep bumping into something, I keep bumping into something, and I don't see anything there. But I am heck bent on getting to that wall. Every time I get to here, I keep bouncing off of this barrier. Then at some point you say, gee whiz, what is stopping me from getting me there? Why is it I can't get there unhindered? Why can't I get there without things going wrong? What is stopping me from getting there? Okay? So when there's something that you're praying for, something that you want in life, or something you're trying to accomplish, and if it isn't happening, then there might be something there. There might be a, 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 a stumbling block, quote-unquote, that God has put there, but you just can't see it. Alright? Because you are still heck bent on doing what you want to do. Amen? So you ask God, God, Lord, open my eyes, open my eyes so that I can see. And then God will show you that there's a barrier there, you, there's a wall there. There's a wall there, you know? Reminds that old silly joke, you know, that it, where the woman, woman goes to the doctor and she says, Doc, Doc, every time I drink this coffee, I keep getting a sharp pain in my eye. Every time I drink this coffee, I keep getting this sharp pain in my eye. The doctor looks at the coffee and says, well, maybe if you try taking the spoon out. <laughs> okay. Maybe if you try taking the spoon out. All right. So she's poking herself in the eye with the spoon every time she drinks it. All right. How long do you bang your head against the wall when it hurts? You know, that you realize, gee maybe I need to stop banging my head against the wall. Amen. 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 So if you think about that, you know, there's something going on in life and it keeps hurting you. Then, Lord, or you're not able to get there, Lord, am I missing something? Is there something that's standing in my way? I mean, you don't know, the Lord may literally have an angel there before you because he does not want you to go that way. Mm -hmm. You know? You know, God says, I want you to take the other route. You know, you say, but Lord, everything checks. You know, Balaam could say, well, Jesus, Lord, they're going to promote me? They're going to give me riches? They're going to give me that? They're going to give me that? Bottom line, God says, no. You don't curse those people. Those people are blessed. They're my people. I don't want you to do that. Amen, amen. So, so, so you see here. So then, um, going back to 31 again. In closing, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. Please underline. Thy way is perverse before me. In other words, that is not where I want you to go. Okay? That's why. Why? Because the way that you wanted to go, I did not want you to go. Amen? You see? And so the same thing could be happening in your life. You know, you're trying for something, you're trying to accomplish something, you're trying to win something, you're trying to do trying to do that, but it's just not happening, you know, it is the way that you're going before the Lord perverse. Not meaning perverse in terms necessarily sinful, but it's not where God wants you to go. Not what God wants you to do. Verse 33, and the ass saw me uh, and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. See that? Now this was getting dangerous for him if he had insisted on going. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stood in the way if in the line, I have sinned for I knew not that thou stood in the way against me now therefore if it displeased thee I will get me back again and the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam go with the men but only the word that I shall speak unto thee that thou shalt speak so Balaam went with the princes of Balak and when Balak heard that Balaam was come he went out to meet him unto the city of Moab which is in the border of Ar- Arnon which is in the utmost coast and Balak said unto Balaam Did I not earnestly send unto thee to call thee? Wherefore camest thou not unto me? Am I not able to indeed to promote thee to honor? And Balaam said unto Balak, Lo, I am come unto thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. Underline, the word of God, the word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. And Balaam went with Balak and they came unto Kerjath, Huzoth. And Balak offered oxen and sheep and sent to Balaam to the princes that were with him. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam, and he brought him up to the high place with Baal, that then uh, he might see the utmost part of the people. Balaam said unto Balak, building, and it goes on to talk about what he did. Okay, but uh, verse number 5 of 23 says, uh, And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return unto Balak, and thus thou shalt speak. And he went on to tell him uh, what God wanted him to say. And you can read that through the, through the rest of the scriptures there. All right. So the whole point here is that until you're doing what God really wants you to do, um, there could be some blockage there. You may have an angel that is preventing you from doing what it is that you want to do. Your eyes may be spiritually, spiritually closed that you just can't see what's happening. All right. So again, the prayer should be in our hearts. Lord, open my eyes. If there is something that is preventing you from accomplishing accomplishing that which you think you should be accomplishing, then maybe there's some reason that that is happening and that God doesn't want you to go that way or to accomplish that thing. All right. And then when you, when you when you when you when you finally arrive at that conclusion, then Lord, I just don't feel that knowing in my spirit. What am I missing? You know, is there something going on in my life, or is there something else going on that I just don't know about? Open my eyes that I may see. Praise God. So if you ask God to remove the blind from your eyes, you certainly will, if you earnestly and honestly want to know it. Praise God, I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.